Good morning. This is Alex Wilcox with Mission Self-Improvement. Today we're going to be talking about the giving guide, elevating your home, your work, your community, and yourself. So to start off, I'm going to ask a series of questions, and your job as the listener is to come up with an answer that answers all of the questions. How do I effectively connect with my spouse or loved one? How do I maximize my relationship with my child? How do I unify my team and maximize their results? How do I get a raise or promotion at work? How do I become a part of my community? How do I become a successful entrepreneur? How do I make friends and influence people? How do I maximize my mental and emotional health? And lastly, how do I win at life? Okay, so as a disclaimer, perhaps there are many answers. Uh, perhaps this is just an exercise of uh, come up with what Alex is thinking at this particular moment in time. Or perhaps there is only one answer or there's only one best answer. So if you are multitasking right this moment or perhaps you have something else on your mind, I'd ask you to stop. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. Just listen. The answer to these nine questions and most of life's questions is actually quite basic. The answer is simple. Give more than you take. So uh, today's topic is on just that, giving. And what I call the giving guide, a guide to basically elevate your home, your work, your community, and yourself. I'm going to break it down into three main steps. So the first is uh, really breaking down the basics of giving, uh, the do's, the don'ts, etc. Um, the second step is who should I give to? The last step is explain how giving is just as good for you as it is for others. Over the course of this podcast, if there's something you like or don't like, or even another topic that you'd like me to address in future podcasts, please visit our website at missionselfimprovement.com and leave a comment. Uh, we want to be responsive and we want to give the content that uh, the people want. So uh, please, please, please visit the website. Uh, let us know what you'd like to hear. So hopping right into the content. So what are the basics, really the do's and don'ts of giving? Uh, some may say that seems fairly obvious, but I think it's important we start with a clear de definition. Okay, so I'm going to go back and forth between, between do's and don'ts. Something you should do. Listen first, give second. Nobody likes unsolicited advice. So uh, what I always recommend is before you're going to give to someone, recognize there's an opportunity for giving, whether it means listening to them or observing something that you could help them with. Uh, first, be observant, be listening, 
prior to actually giving. Something you shouldn't do, a don't, is give with the expectation that something will be given in return. Uh, In my experience, it turns out that if you're giving with the intent of uh, expecting something in return, anybody can smell it a mile away. Uh, It is readily evident. Anybody can see it. Uh, It's really easy to see through. So uh, know that giving uh, to someone that it's critical that you don't have any expectation to get something in return. Something you should do. Give all the time. Uh, oftentimes you see people give at soup kitchens just around Christmas or Thanksgiving. Uh, but turns out there are people that are hungry year-round. Give on the weekly. Give on the daily. Give in the morning. Give in the afternoon. And give in the evening. Uh, don't restrict yourself. Speaking of something you shouldn't do, don't restrict giving to only those you like or get along with. Uh, It's really easy for me to give to my wife, right? She's there. I like her. I like her a lot. It's easy for me to give to my business partner. Uh, Jake's awesome. He's a, a, a great human being, one in which I like spending time with, so it's easy to give. But honestly... Give freely to all. You're going to reap the benefit of giving to not only your advocates, not only your friends and family, but also to those that aren't as nice, those that you don't know, etc. Give to everybody. Something else you should do is uh, give more than you think you can give. Now, what am I asking? Uh, I'm not asking you to give money. Turns out money is not the most important thing to give. I'm talking your time, your mind, your heart, your focus, and your ears. Uh, what do I mean by ears? I mean with, with the same proportion you have ears and mouth is the same ratio you should listen, you should listen uh, to speak. You got two ears, one mouth. Listen twice as more as you're going to speak. Listening is a lost art. Friends, family, strangers, we want our voices to be heard. Be that person that's willing to listen. And lastly, don't search for or expect any form of credit from others. Are we, ask yourself when you give, are you doing this to attract notice? So there's a famous uh, verse that comes out of the Bible, uh, Matthew 6, 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corner of the streets. And they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. So not to be sacrilegious, uh, but to illustrate a point Uh, Let's reword this a little bit with regarding giving. And when you give, you shall not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to give standing in front of others that they may be seen of men. And they have their reward. Don't seek your reward in credit, which is kind of a short-term benefit. 
Seek the long-term benefits of giving without expectation, without credit. Later in the podcast, we'll try to understand those long-term benefits. But honestly, uh, you get so much out of giving. Uh, Don't expect it in form of credit. Okay, so we're going to go into the the second uh, part of the podcast, which is uh, why giving is so important for others. So in the world we live in, it's so, so easy to become jaded. It's so easy to assume the worst in others. Uh, Think about it. You've got the news, you've got social media, world events, make it really difficult to see the world in a glass half full type of way. One of the best ways to knock down these uh, jaded barriers in success and to have successful relationships in our lives is to give more than we take. So uh, what I would uh, suggest is there's different ways we can do that in the in work, at home, and in our community. So I'll start with how we give at work. Uh, great, 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 can't uh, emphasize great enough book called The Go-Giver by Bob Berg and John David Mann. So the book... Really, it's a pretty short read. Uh, The book tells a parable of a man named Joe uh, who struggles to make kind of a sales target uh, at work, meets a mentor named Pindar. Uh, And Pindar, over the course of the book, kind of uh, guides him to these different people that live what uh, he calls the five laws of stratospheric success. So it, it re- the powerful message is that it kind of aligns with Ralph Waldo Emerson's law of compens- compensation. Uh, you'll always be compensated for your contributions one way or another. Therefore, it's better to focus on giving more if you wish to receive more. And that's really the secret of the book in a nutshell. But what I wanted to do is break down these five laws of stratospheric success. So everything about mission self-improvement is targeting, helping people have just that, stratospheric success, happiness, all the good stuff in life. This podcast is no different. So the first law is the law of value. Your true worth is determined not by how much you have in the bank, or your assets minus your liabilities, but instead by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. Dwell on that for a second. Your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. If you don't feel like you provide value at your place of work, up your game, change. You need to do something different. So the second law of stratospheric success is the law of compensation. Your income is directly determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. Third, the law of influence. Your influence is determined by how abundantly You place other people's interests first. Mind-blowing. Four, the law of authenticity. 
the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. Back to that conversation we had a little bit before, give of your time, your mind, your heart, your focus, your ears, give of yourself, not necessarily money. The law of authenticity says that the most valuable, valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. And then lastly, the law of receptivity. This may not come intuitively. A lot of us have a struggle with allowing others to give to us. The law of receptivity states that the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. How often do we turn away someone that wants to give to us? Stop and stop now. Allow people to receive. Allow yourself to receive. Imagine a world in which we all targeted stratospheric success by simply following these five laws. Uh, Guaranteed, you're going to win. Okay, so at home, think about how we can give at home. If any listener has been in a long-term relationship, uh, look back on the best times. Uh, I would suggest for most, it's usually early on. Ask yourself, why might that be? Some may say it's due to the fact that we start seeing their flaws or the newness factors kind of uh, you know, rubbed off. Or the quote-unquote honeymoon phase is the reason why early on we're lovey-dovey or or however you want to describe it. Be introspective and take a few seconds to think why might this be the case in your life, in your relationship. I would suggest that none of the reasons listed were the root of the early success. I would suggest that it's not a honeymoon phase, but that your happiness with the relationship is directly correlated to your current level of giving and giving in the right way, following the do's and don'ts of giving. Early on, you've got your A game. You're less lazy. And because you're A game, you're giving more. Preserve your A game. Give like you gave at the beginning and you will reinvigorate that honeymoon phase, uh, those, those best times. Now, people run into a lot of different issues over the course of a long-term relationship. Forgiveness and other qualities, competencies are important, but giving is certainly a critical ingredient. Okay, so that's with your spouse or significant other. Let's say you want your kids to grow up to be fantastic human beings. Uh, I've got four kids, three of which that recognize what they're doing, good or bad. Um, And candidly speaking, they're going to do as you do far more than do as you say. So what are some strategies that you can take in order to influence your kids to be givers, to be better human beings? Take your kids to give to others. Give of yourself to spouse, to your coworkers, to your community. Give, give, and give some more and do it in front of your kids. 
it's not to say that they're going to end up perfect, right? Uh, nobody's perfect. But the likelihood, the probability of your kids growing up to be generous, giving, and better equipped to handle life, uh, guarantee, 100%, there's zero doubt in my mind that if they see you give, give, and give some more, they're going to be set up for success and better off. I still remember the days where friends or people that went to our church needed help moving. And my dad and I would go and spend the morning, afternoon, or evening to help them move boxes into a truck. I don't have a great recollection of all my childhood, but that's one of my fondest memories. Maybe I didn't enjoy it beforehand. Okay, we got to go spend our time doing that as opposed to doing whatever I wanted to do selfishly. But I remember driving home from those experiences with my dad and feeling uh, an overwhelming sense of peace and a sense of accomplishment for helping others that needed the help. So another idea that, uh, that's been kind of developed with Carly and I um, is our three older kids have really responded to this. Uh, immediately after we observe generosity from one child to the other, we immediately verbally compliment them on it. Then we say, okay, well, you're getting a treat or you're getting a reward for a short-term benefit. And then over the course of the following week, we continue to reference that same thing to others around us about how Roxy was generous to her brother Oliver, uh, you know, or Zandri to Roxy, whoever it may be, just with an earshot that they could hear us complimenting their generosity to others, that they could hear our pride in them and not pride for them just being cool kids, but pride in them taking action that helps others, that generosity matters. It's been an interesting experience because now we see our kids frequently uh, going and making each other's beds or encouraging each other. I haven't quite figured it out if they're looking for that short-term benefit, looking for a treat, or if they really do see the value. But, uh, you know, in the long term, they are going to see that long-term value. This is intentional parenting. We want our kids to grow up to be incredible human beings. They really are uh, going to be the greatest source of our own legacy. The more we can build positive experiences in their mind associated with giving, the more likely they will end up as true givers. So as far as the community, whether it's your church, your community service organization, or someone in the parking lot needing to drop off their cart, seek to help where you can. Today, perform a social experiment. Try to follow the do's and don'ts that I listed earlier of giving and help someone today. Preferably someone that you don't know. Afterwards, go to a quiet place and just think for five to ten minutes 
about how it felt. Record how it made you feel. I would argue that it's one of the greatest launch pads for a happier version of you. And I'd like to know how it went. Leave us a comment. Comment. We'd love to hear how it went. So the last part of this podcast is how does giving affect me? Uh, On Forbes.com, Brett Steenbarger wrote an article in 2017 entitled The Psychology of Giving. In the course of helping teams achieve peak performance, I've noticed an interesting phenomenon. Leaders who have given the most of themselves to their teams have received the most from members in terms of performance and effort. Mutual giving brings a higher level of engagement and learning, which means that giving yields an exponential degree of receiving. Now, I really love what he says in this next statement. He says there's a powerful psychological principle at work here that underlies the psychology of giving. When we experience ourselves as givers, we receive a deep and enduring affirmation of our value to others. In transcending the self, we obtain the most profound experience of self. So think about that. Listeners, think about the happiest people you know. Truly happy. Now, we can't always gauge that from the outside, but if you spend much time with these people, uh, you usually have a pretty good idea. What are some characteristics of those people? I've gone through the list in my mind of the people I can think of, and honestly, they all share the trait of giving. I talked earlier about my business partner, Jacob. He's a great example of that. One of the main reasons why I wanted to work with him is because of his propensity to give to others. It's an amazing feeling to know that someone has your interest in mind, even over their own. And it's not because Jacob or whoever else you're thinking of are getting something from it in a physical, tangible sense. But their mind reaffirms that they're doing good, that their intent is good, and that they themselves are good. In a world riddled with self-doubt, lack of confidence, and insecurity, start with giving. It could make all the difference in the world. So from that Forbes magazine, he wrote, uh, Brett later wrote on that article, this story, uh, and uh, this is what he wrote. This lesson was driven home for me after my wife and I adopted Sophie, an abandoned diseased kitten in Brooklyn. Her initial reaction to people was a threatened one, hissing and retreating to the back of her cage. Gradually, she learned to interact with others. First another cat, then rescue workers. But by the time we brought her home, she was a purr machine. But here is where the story became interesting. Sophie responded to petting and playing with long, loving looks. Each morning, she leapt onto my lap, took my face between her paws, looked into my eyes, purred, and nuzzled my chin. Okay, first of all, 
Uh, side note, this sounds more like a dog than a cat, but uh, yeah, uh, excited to see its owner. It was an eerily human communication that drew from me a heartfelt sense of love and connection. Those of us who are parents recognize this phenomenon when we have bonded with our young children. In giving love and care, we experience heightened levels of love and caring that spills over to daily life. This makes sense if we think of our daily activities as forms of exercise. Each undertaking of giving exercise one or more character traits. For the better or for the worse, in the spirit of use it or lose it, we build the traits that we exercise and express. When we fail to actualize traits, these atrophy, they deteriorate. So over time, that means we can become more or less giving, more or less loving, more or less engaged with the well-being of others. Our daily activities in the gymnasium of life can strengthen our best inclinations or our worst ones. Unwittingly, when we set our daily calendar, we lay a blueprint for our development. What we do shapes who we become. When we give and give and give, we experience ourselves as special. In receiving those loving looks and paws on the face, we in turn find the muscles of generosity strengthened, allowing us to engage the rest of life with our best inclinations. What an inspiring lesson to exercise your muscles of generosity. So all you podcast listeners, if you really want to get in shape, quote unquote, get in shape, make sure it's at the gym of life and it's not lifting free weights, but instead lifting others. I hope this helps each and every one of you on your journey to a happier you. I'll leave you with two quotes. I would suggest probably thousands of people have heard me say these. Uh, Bear with me because I think they're good ones. The first is, I want to be your aspirin, not your migraine. Once again, imagine a world in which we all had this attitude. Do you think the world would look like it does today? I'd suggest it would look much brighter. How can you alleviate others' pains and aches today? The second quote is, the fastest way to elevate yourself is by elevating those around you. If you really do want to accelerate your life in any aspect, give, give, and give some more. Uh, Thank you again for the listen. And please don't forget, excuse me, don't forget to share with someone that could benefit from this message and the other messages from Mission Self-Improvement. Go team.